we're back with another episode. This episode of the Face Off with Fleming and Fowler is sponsored by MyApothecary.com. MyApothecary is the premier online destination for hemp-derived CBD that will help you curate a wealthy lifestyle. back y'all to another episode of the face off of Fleming and Fowler glad you guys are back for another one how was your week my week was more positive than negative oh that's a good thing do you ever realize that you were in like a shit mood for a long time but you don't realize it till you're on the other side no I always realize it and I'm happy to stay there sometimes okay great (laughs) so (laughs) I not am not wasn't necessarily in a shit mood but was just in a very like down negative-ish icky yeah. space yeah but everyone around me was also in a weird space so it didn't feel weird until like this last weekend i was mm-hmm. just like man i was really fucking miserable for a hot second yeah. so i'm feeling better on the other end of that well that's good I'm awesome. keep i'm gonna keep racing towards the light that's please keep doing that yeah definitely so i feel better how was your week um my week was pretty good um i it was a sad week for me uh, my student, his final day with me was on Friday, so now it's your back. Your student has been doing all your fucking work. Absolutely, yeah, for the past okay. eight weeks, so now I'm left back with the reality of knowing that now I have to do all of my own work. I have to carry my walker now. Welcome God. to the club. I don't even take my walker on the floor anymore. I know. I used to nine, and every time I don't, I always end up needing it, but I always tell my students, hey, this is your walker. You're responsible <laughs> for it for the next eight weeks. I'm just like, who can so, walk in the ICU, truly? Who needs this walker? No, nobody. Nobody needs to walk in the ICU. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, so it was it was a good week, but bittersweet. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna miss that kid. He was a really good student. I think he's gonna be a really amazing you know therapist. Because he was 25 percent black. He's 50 percent black. Uh, if why is when it's your mom? Is it less? Oh, is his mom? His mom's black. Black, black. Yeah. My math must have been off. <laughs> I was gonna say it's just the opposite of you. He's 25 to 50 percent. 25 to 50 percent. So he's max to modest. <laughs> for whiteness (laughs) you are a nut (laughs) but yeah so uh shout out to ryan you know uh, all the blessings good blessings to you on your career endeavor yeah go Um, out there and do something that's right all right so let's go ahead and get into it uh we're gonna be talking about a lot of different things and stuff stuff in social media some politics stuff um in the rehab corner we're gonna be talking about diversity and inclusion in the workplace um especially when it comes to specifically rehab um, so uh, a couple of days ago, the Senate actually passed President Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill. For all you poors, that means more stimulus money. Burr, yes. burr, burr. We're very excited. Um, I don't know if I'll be getting anything because they we were get like, it. you're rich. No, I'm not rich. I, I'm rich in, in houses and lands. Hallelujah. Uh, my father's rich as a house and lands. I, I'm wealthy. Anyway, but um, yeah, they put a cap on it and was like, hey. If you make this much money, you ain't getting nothing. Money for the poor. 
money yeah. for the poor. But they added dependents on there now too. So college students and dependents, they added them so now they can get a stimulus check, which is great. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm broke as shit, so I should still be getting a stimulus check. Well, I mean, are you a dependent? No, you're not a dependent, are you? No. Okay. I'm, I'm an independent woman. Oh, okay. Awesome. Independence is All overrated. the women independent. Throw your hands up at me. Listen, if my mother moved to Texas, I would absolutely move into her house. I would sell mine and go move No, I am very dependent on my mother, but in the eyes <laughs> of the government, I it's just me, myself, and I. You just claim yourself. Well, that's cool. Self. That's definitely very cool. Yeah. So this was one of it's not as big as the first stimulus package correct? no because they gave when what's his name uh 45 gave the 600 dollars. this is now they were supposed to make it a 2000 or they were the democrats are fighting for a 2000 dollar one but he only gave them 600 so this 1400 one is making up from the other 600 to equal 2000 which is so ghetto um but because they have the money to keep giving people checks every month but whatever Neither supposedly if you take out all the other money that's going to other programs because there's a bunch of stuff built into the stimulus yes. package if you just took the money they are using and made it only for stimulus for relief mm -hmm. well you could give everyone like a couple grand yeah i agree i absolutely agree so i'm like let's just do that we'll yeah, figure out just... we'll figure out the education we'll figure out the minimum wage that too will come yeah but the thing that did not include in there was the student loan stuff yeah so joe biden out? i'm i'm kind of getting upset now brother i didn't give you my vote and yeah well, i told you i was looking at my student loan repayment stuff and they were like you why can... do you look at that it was because i'm was why would you depress yourself it like was... i don't look at that thing Listen, i'm like wow i don't know why i've been so depressed recently that's sally mays did it ain't got nothing to do with me a lot of me. things are coming into perspective but it was like you can either bust your ass live poor as shit and pay off your loans in the next 10 years or you can have a very small loan payment and pay the shit off in 20 years and we may even forgive some of it and I was you're like, never gonna pay it off though but i was like so why am i gonna bust my ass to try to pay the shit off exactly just pay the minimum and call it a day yeah like that's like sally made that's not my business that's your business you gave you made a bad investment actually you yeah. made a good investment partially because like, yes i finished school but I should be praised because I finished school. So you should just let me have yeah, free education. Mine are all government loans. So I'm just like, listen, at yeah. Joe Biden. Exactly. At Joe Biden. You took and on my debt. You knew, the you knew what you were getting yourself into when hey, you swore that oath. You're the one who tried to make all these jobs, you know, oh, must have a bachelor's degree or a master's or a doctorate. Uh, I got to go to school. I ain't got money like that. So how are you going to raise the minimum wage for quote unquote unskilled workers, right? And you have a very skilled worker right here who accrued a lot of debt to be so skilled. <laughs> and you're just gonna let my loans fucking sit there? Yeah, you're just like, nah, bitch, you can make some money. It's like, no, no, but I have to pay all the people back that I borrowed from in school. <laughs> like, that's that's not how that works. So yeah, so we'll see what happens. But I'm glad they did put the minimum wage por portion in there to raise minimum wage to $15 an hour. Because again, the cost of living keeps going up, but they have still not adjusted um, the pace, the pay scale. And it's ridiculous. Like, I think there's some stuff for education in there too, to get the schools back up and running. I mean, what, you know, what over they here need? we're team. Well, Ouch. if they don't have, so you know how public schools get paid when kids show up. That's yeah. why they take attendance specifically at certain times so they can have the most people there so it's just like financial aid like you have to come to school in order right to get your so because they have so they've been trying to finagle all these things like oh you just have to sign on to your computer online once or like oh and i yeah. think they're having a lot of issues with that so the reimbursement rate's not the same and schools aren't getting paid like they were before and there's not if kids aren't in school they're not getting the funding well, that should be an understanding that, i mean it's the fucking government that should be an understanding that hey the kids can't come to school because they can all die from covid yeah i don't think it is though so like funding wise 
they're not getting what they were getting before because there's not kids physically in school so you yeah. don't need the lunches and shit like that but some schools still are doing lunches yeah. because whatever i think in that bill they're also there's something about teacher wages that they're trying to raise uh, so yeah like in this package it's the money for teacher wages but that money wouldn't be dispersed until like 10 years from now there's a lot of wonky stuff so in the stupid. bill because those bills are sometimes like 500 pages you're like mm, let's yeah. just read the i'm front not gonna back. try to understand the government right now i'm just saying there was a lot yeah. of shit packed in there but most importantly yeah. was the money that's coming to my bank account but yes. also you're trying to tell me that they're not only giving income tax returns right now but they're also giving stimulus money yes because the stimulus money is totally separate i know but that just seems like a fuck ton of money that could uh, all be i feel like if we have that kind of money we also have the kind of money to just erase student loan debt uh you do Look how many, first of all, even look at the amount of money that they set aside for education. That's specifically for education every single year where students who do not apply for these uh, different grants and they don't apply for these scholarships. You just got free money ro like rolling around. All that free money could w literally wipe out everybody's debt. That's why I wish I was a coder because I would literally hack into Sally Mae and clear everybody's fucking money. I really where would. Where is Ed Snowden? That's what I'm saying. We need somebody to come in and, you know, erase all this stuff. It's stupid. Really? Anyway, all right. So next to the news, um, Mississippi actually passed a bill. Mississippi burning. That, <laughs> that banned, uh, that's banning transgender student athletes from women teams. And um, their legislation on Wednesday, the state house voted uh, 80, from 81 to 28 to pass the Mississippi Fairness Act after it had already passed in the state Senate last month on a 34 to 9 um, tally. And now the bill will just need to be signed by the uh, Mississippi governor. Uh, Tate Reeves. So, um, and as, actually, as of last month, 25 other states were considering. Um, sorry, I just lost my thing. As of last month, 25 other states were considering these types of bills um, because uh, this number had risen significantly from 18 states to to 25 this year. So, so I'll say this about that: I will never trust Mississippi to lead the front in anything. Well, they just, just historically, I'll trust that shit. We, they just rescinded the mask mandate as did Texas. So we're kind of <laughs> neck and neck right now. No, I know, you know. But anytime someone's like, well, Mississippi's leading the charge. I'm just like, let's take a couple yeah. steps. Take a second. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I, I just say this about the transgender community um, or this particular bill in itself. Um, I do personally believe that it is fair to ban transgender um, athletes from competing in women's on women's teams um, simply because we already know that scientifically men are scientifically stronger than women and just because you are trans does not does not necessarily mean that you have had gender reassignment that you are on hormones it could be what you identify as right and so if a male came into the to the uh, to the girls basketball team and said hey I'm, I'm a girl like, let's take for Juana Man, for example, the movie Juana Man, right? And he had no intentions on being a woman. You just look like a woman. You're dressing like a woman. but you And you're identifying as a woman. But there is no gender changes. There is no hormonal changes to make it even up. That's really not a fair match for these, for these children. It's really not. I mean, even just for example, you know, remember back in the day when people with special needs, they wanted to participate in the olympics and so they created their own lane which by far was the most amazing thing i think maybe there needs to be a lane for transgender athletes in high schools middle schools all that stuff because it, it really is not fair for a for a born male with more testosterone more strength to then compete on the girls level 
Or we just scrap girls and boys teams all together and say, if you're good, you're good. And if you're not, you're not. No, you can't do that. Why not? Cause you men, these boys will be busting the shit up out of these girls. No, How do you know. Cause so I, then, so then it can be a male-dominated team with a sprinkle of girls who work their ass off, like in love and basketball. Cause she was better than him. We all know it. And <laughs> I just like I don't know. Double or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be a trans teenager. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't know what it's like. It probably sucks, right? You're in this body you don't think belongs to you, and it's not yours. And mm-hmm. all these people still have all these weird preconceived notions, and they're yeah. very stereotypical and hypocritical right but Mm -hmm. also we have like social media now and the internet and people do seem to be more accepting of things not that that makes it better but i just like on the other hand i also just watched the wilds and you know that girl who's like fucking balls to the walls about being a swimmer and works her ass off yeah and then they tell her oh you're basically too thick it's like because she's a black girl she's so i don't know how i would feel like say i'm on like a fucking girls basketball team and i'm working my ass off to be on this girls basketball team and then this fucking person who identifies as a woman but mm-hmm. was born a man is now on my team and they're just like physically stronger and taller than yeah. i am it would piss me the fuck off exactly that's why i said i don't think it's fair to the to the young women on on those teams who were born female because your genetic makeup is very your hormonal makeup is very different obviously women we all have testosterone obviously but not at the levels of men that's why men have testosterone way more testosterone than we do and we got way more estrogen than they do and so i think it just because even too i remember like a couple years ago there was this one like track runner i mean she was she was the she was born a man and she was like beating the shit out of everybody in high school and these people were just like this is not fair that's like you have one of the kids in the football on football team who's like seven foot tall fucking 500 pounds and you talking about he's 12 bitch please you need to be with the adults but that's just so ostracizing like you find like say we always do male to female so let's just go so you are a male born a male you Mm -hmm. identify as a female you have all these female friends you finally like are in high school you hit your groove you just want to play basketball they force you to be on the boys team that has to fucking suck yeah i think it sucks for both sides like you just want to you finally are feeling into yourself and growing into yourself Mm -hmm. and there's all these changes being made but they're still like ah nope you're still a boy and even though you have all you want to be on the girls team you have all these real friends you identify yourself as a girl we're still gonna stick you on this fucking male team but i think and then you're out yourself to fucking everybody every single game all the time all these different schools all that other group of parents that's fucking traumatizing it, it is traumatizing because i remember even to um so there was basically this um olympic runner i think she ran the 800 and her name is castor um Sinminya, and she's actually from south africa and there was a lot of controversy with her because of her you know physical features you know first of all african-americans athletes track runners whatever they their bodies are very very harsh like they're very cut and very you know um athletic bodies and there were controversies around you know her facial features also too you know so she was basically born with a rare genetic condition that um she basically her body houses more testosterone than the average female and so they basically wanted her to take hormone replacement therapy to be able to compete with women because she kept winning and they were just like well this is an unfair advantage and she's like well listen i'm a woman like i'm born a woman like i have genitalia of a woman i'm born a woman you know i can't help the fact that i have this genetic condition and they literally wanted to put her on hormone replacement therapy and you know try to uh, ban her from not ban her from the olympics but basically make uh, unless you do this then you can't compete in the olympics you know what i mean 
I just I don't know the again I don't know the answer I don't know the answer too but I'm just like I can see it from both sides if I was transgender I'd be like fuck y'all I'm just trying to get it and play my sport but then if I was the athlete the the female born athlete I'd be like this shit is not fucking fair yeah especially if they're like fucking towering over you yeah and dominating the shit out of you like that's and that's and I think too the more inclusive we become the harder the shit is the more it's actually kind of isolating that's why i'm like my suggestion would be just like fucking go genderless and just it's a good you're either good or you're not but then it's we're gonna be back where we were in the fucking 1940s when girls can't do shit exactly because they would never make the team um but i think also too um kind of piggybacking off of that i lost my thought shit piggyback piggyback off of that gender reassignment surgeries no um oh just having a lane of their own i think a league of their own i don't think Hmm. that there are enough transgender and i I don't know the research to know about it to 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 know enough to say it but i'm not i haven't heard of the numbers of transgender um middle school and high schoolers to be able to create a league of their own but that's fucked up to me too because like say I f- i'm fucking amazing at volleyball you're gonna put me in this fucking whack-ass transgender volleyball league where they just put everyone who happens to be transgender in a league together when i could be in the regular volleyball league kicking ass and doing what i want and getting scholarships and shit because no one's they barely even recognize like the WNBA for shit well that's very true it's it's gonna take forever so that pissed me off too but they but they recognize special needs because it's like oh you can't be mean to people who have special that's due but special needs is like genderless colorless ethnicless ethnicless yes Hmm, interesting you heard what i said interesting word also that's a gre word (laughs) (laughs) maybe you've never heard of it but so it's it's like you know it's different yeah i think that's a tough situation i would not want to be on any board that's hell no approving or denying anything especially if you have kids because like if you have a kid who is transgender that's you're biased if you have a kid who's not but is in a sport you're but it's so hard But i think you have to understand the science behind it too that you know it's it's unfair on both sides let's just say that it's just unfair on both sides but that's like trans people who are transgender could potentially be like i know it is not the same but like how black people were segregated against for so mm-hmm. long transgender people right yeah but you could say the same thing about people with special needs i know this sucks i hate this so much <laughs> i don't know i don't There's know no right answer but to again it. i will not stand behind mississippi on anything <laughs> <laughs> Mississippi burning. <laughs> Just historically. Mississippi burning. Uh, yeah. T- Mississippi is pretty amazing. Uh, and I'm being sarcastic when I say that. Anyway, so piggybacking. They have a good mud pie, though. Mud pie? What's a mud you pie? You never had Mississippi mud pie? No. I really want some moon pies. I was looking for that at Costco today, but I didn't find Put it. Put anyway, that shit in the microwave. A mud pie. What is it? Just chocolate? Yeah. Oh, okay. I figured. Um, well, piggybacking off of transgender uh, children. Um, high school and middle schoolers, Missouri, Kansas, um, their legislation actually proposed an anti-transgender bill that would make it illegal for doctors to perform gender reassignment services to people under 18 and the LGBTQ community. Um, their advocates definitely fought back and they don't agree with it. Um, I just purpose, I just purposefully, I personally um, think of it this way. We are in a society where the age of legal consent is 18, right? You can't get married unless you're 18 or unless your parents, you know, um, you get your parents' consent. You can't get a tattoo until you're 18. Um, you can't drink Buy until tobacco. you're 21. You can't even join the military until Buy a you're 18. lottery ticket. Exactly. To participate in a survey. Are you 18 years older? You know, and to allow a child who is 
not of the age of consent to make that decision or to why have is that. that the age do you know 18? i have no clue i don't know what the history is behind like, that because didn't because um, you're out of high school i guess wasn't it france that just made their age of consent 15 15 or 16 yeah. yeah i wonder if it's because you too many kids in high school were buying alcohol so they're like let's just cap it at 18 or no that's the alcohol 21. age yeah right. i don't know who created the age of consent oh or made that or you're an adult at the age of 18 even yeah. legally like you commit a crime under 17 depending on what your crime is like you're not going to be tried as an adult but i think it's very um I, I think that that's okay to not allow kids to do gender reassignment to make sure that they know that this is what you want to do like let's get some maturity about you and at 11 for you to make that decision that's a bit much and then you could potentially regret it it's kind of the same thing that Labusi said but Labusi said it way harsher <laughs> put your pussy on live I'm gonna give you a thousand dollars you know like you can't say it that's like that's what you agree with huh no don't put your pussy on live for a thousand dollars but no I just agree that maybe um children who want to be transgender as far as the reassignment surgery you can be transgendered and dress you know identify as a woman or identify as a man change your hair change everything about you physically on the outside except for your except for your gen genitals i think that that should be that should not be allowed until you're 18 i kind of agree with that what are your thoughts <laughs> i'm not having kids is my thought um, that's rough i am not transgender to my knowledge i do not know anybody personally that is transgender I or do. identifies as I went transgender to high school with yeah. one um so i don't know like i would my initial reaction is like no like i don't think anyone under 18 needs to have this fucking life-altering surgery mm -hmm. i also don't know how it feels to grow up every day not wanting to be in the body you're yeah. in that seems like a very fucking hard thing to do high school is already hard enough yeah right um, like i remember being in high school thinking like i'm not skinny enough i'm not pretty enough i'm not this i'm not that but like nothing to the scale of i wish i was in a different fucking body or treated differently or people saw me completely differently than i am now yeah and i'm just blocked by this fucking schlong in between my legs or by right. these tits that are growing rapidly but i think i think maybe too the bill has something to do with um the maturity of your body as well too because kids having major surgeries that's not that's not too too hot to trot right but yeah. then when you become not 18 18 years old even too like you know i remember when we were when i was in like middle school and they used to be like oh don't get pregnant stay away from boys you know uh what is it saying books bring boys but boys bring babies what the fuck ever what was it <laughs> what the fuck no there was a saying that, oh book, books before boys because boys bring babies right and so there was the, the saying that was kind of going around when people used um and they were saying too that childbirth at the age of 16 like your body is still not completely developed and even at 18 it's a little bit more developed but it's still not fully fully developed until you're like 21 right so i think maybe too uh, from a medical standpoint you know children if you're 14 years old and you're getting your penis removed it got dark real fast um you're getting your penis removed at 14 like your your body's not even finished growing yet you know what i mean like yeah but if people can have kids at 14 that's true then why shouldn't i be able even, to fucking make a choice that only affects me yeah i, th I think i i want to say i would i would my personal opinion is that i agree with making the age of doing that at 18 because of the medical side of it maybe because your body is not fully developed to undergo such a life-altering you know um personally i wouldn't trust anything surgery. i did before 18 even no. till, i would say till 22 
Ellen trust. Yeah. 25. Five, yeah. So last year. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> I would not trust anything. I fucking, that's why I don't have tattoos. That's yeah. why. Cause I'm like, I don't trust my fucking self for 10 yeah. minutes and I'm not everyone. And I wouldn't project myself onto yeah. anyone. That shit's hard. I would assume if you had the money to get that surgery done at a young age, yeah. Because what would insurance look like? I mean, right? Insurance like, I'm assuming it? you have parents that are like fucking supporting you and riding and dying for you, yeah. and I would assume your parents wouldn't just throw you into shit. But yeah, I, I don't just, know. I feel like I did crazy shit as a teenager just because you wanted it right then and right now. And not that people who get gender reassignment surgery regret it at all. I don't think that's necessarily accurate but, but like, i think just even having the maturity level like going through the counseling part because even to like when you go to get an abortion right like the abortion they clinics, make you think about that they shit. make you think about it like you have to go through a counseling kind yeah. of situation even though it's like it can only be 20 minutes or whatever but they still ask you the hard well, you questions can't get it that day can you now can what, you the, remember how you had to you had to go in and get a consult for an abortion and you'd have to come back in a week to actually get the procedure um, i don't know because at the time um some of my old friends were getting abortions <laughs> when when abortions were popping off like that when abortions were popping off back in the early 2000s uh late 99s uh 1990s <laughs> they were um yeah people were just going in and like yeah no nah, fuck this baby get it out Dude, <laughs> like, to Whoa. my recollection you had to like go in and make an appointment and then you had to come back yeah and you had you know what i mean they yeah. made you like think about that shit we're also 10 years apart so i That's think some, there were some policy it was very, changes it was very in between more, you and me yeah but yeah they make you think about it because they want to deter you from doing it but yeah I, I just i just say this i'm not against transgender at all any transgender person at all i am actually actually for do what you want to do do what you feel is right for you but for ch kids under 18 from a medical standpoint i just want to know a little bit more research about it that this is a like even though having a child at 14 and 13 is not um you know praised and celebrated right because your body is still maturing as a woman your body is already prepared for childbirth right when you were even born you're born with all the eggs that you're gonna ever have in your body you know what i mean so to that degree yes it is your body is still not prepared for it but um i think on a larger scale going through you know having a penis removed and having it turn into a vagina then you have to restructure your bladder and all that you know what i mean saying like, like, like i mean taking off your boobs that's a whole that's that's simple I mean, that's a simple chop. That's a simple su surgery. Anybody can do chop. that. Anybody can do that. But I think you know, turning a penis into a vagina or turning a vagina into a penis, like that's a that's a bit much for a, a, a fourteen or thirteen or even seventeen year old. You I know? think you're correct. I just think when you're in it, you're yeah. just like. I want to start my life as I'm me. stuck in and this like, body. You're stuck in this body. Yeah. When you're 16, you that's your whole, like you've been in the world for 16 years. That's all you know. That's your yeah. whole life. Like mm -hmm. even now I'm only 25 and I'm like, this shit fucking sucks. 25 You're years. 26. Oh shit. Thanks. I have dementia. <laughs> um, but I mean, you're just thinking like all these people know me as one thing. I don't want to be that thing. You don't realize yeah. like, even if you get gender reassigned at 20, like you have your whole life to be this other person. Yeah. Cause there are some people honestly who remembers too you that, when you're 16. I mean, even some people too, who are, who are gay at one point in their life. And then they're like, nah, I, I tried the gay thing for like 10, 15 years. I ain't gay no more. I'm not gay no more. I have delivered. <laughs> I'm not making fun of that. I'm just We're making fun canceled. of the actual person that did that. <laughs> Andrew, what was it? Andrew Caldwell. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think everybody has that, that right to choose. And even too late, like, can you undo gender reassignment surgery? I'm sure it's a fucking bitch, but you can. Yeah. 
Right? If you can get know. a penile implant. But penile implant is already something there. Yeah, that's true. I think it is either easier to take things away than it is to make something. Yeah, I right. Agree. But I, agree. I think it's harder to make a vagina than it is to be reassigned and to make you a penis. I would think it's harder to make a penis. They when yeah when you go from female to male, I think they just like nip and tuck you, and the tip of your penis becomes your clitoris. But what do they do with the labia? Do they make that into like the shaft or something? Don't know, but I oh. think it's easier to go from male to female than it is to go from female to yeah. male. I wish I would have paid attention more on that episode of Grey's Anatomy where um yeah I feel like Catherine I... <laughs> was was doing that and she was making this woman well she did she make the woman a penis or a vagina it was one of them that she did anyway I don't know the answer to that no there's no right answer I'm just saying I don't know I don't have kids I'm not around kids anymore. I just I know just, fucking teenager. Being a teenager is hard. It is. I just, I just feel also, like the you ma- should not make any life lifelong decisions yeah. when you're a teenager. No, other than having a baby. I mean, yeah. also my happen. three science, my big three are mutable, so I'm always changing. So I would never fucking decide on something and keep it. Yeah, that's sad. I mean, that, well, you know. good luck to anyone out there going through it. I'm yes, tell you. us what y'all think in the that comments. That shit's fucking hard. Tell us what y'all think in the comments. We want to hear your opinions. Like, you know, we're not saying one is right or the other. We're just literally just stating our opinions of what we feel like. If, if it's a good thing is to to um, allow kids to um, gender reassign when they're under 18, or should you make the, the age of consent for that um, at least 18 years old? So we want to hear your thoughts and your, your comments. Who would have thought, like, 30 years ago... These are the conversations people would be having. Very true. It's probably like a far off dream. because they're putting it into legislation now. That's 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 why we're having to have these conversations because because now they're making it laws and bills and passing it and you know because once you pass a bill, then insurance has to get on board. Then you have doctors that have to get on board with you know what I mean. So it's a lot you of know, different. You know what's crazier parts. to think is like eighty years ago, it was this type of discussion, but it was like, should we let these black men marry our white women? Very true. Should we even teach these niggas how to read? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you done fucked up now, massa. <laughs> they're like, just think, in a hundred years, it could really go south. They're, they're, they could rise up. Yeah, they could rise up against us. They're never going to learn how to read. And oh. some fucking motherfuckers in the corner just like, ah, just give them a book. Yeah, they're, they're never going to read They'll it. never be smart enough to figure yeah, it hit out. My, hit my black ass go with four degrees. <laughs> you fucked up now, bitches. Oh, I hate this um, country. Yeah, it's crazy. So um, in the news also too, Cedric Entertainer, um kind of got a little backlash i don't think it's a whole whole lot a little little backlash um because he made comments about bill cosby um and as we know bill cosby um was a comedian is a comedian no one stays as prevalent as bill cosby he's always coming up well because i think his relevance is still relevant like it's still he, palpable. I mean, he's huge. It's it would be like Santa Claus being a rapist. Exactly, and you're like, what the what fuck? the hell is Buddy Santa Brinks Claus? Yeah. You know, everyone knows Santa Claus. Exactly. So Cedric the Entertainer basically said that you know um, he was giving props and giving saying that we need to give Cosby um, you know credit for the con- his contribution to black culture, and he said, quote, um, he taught us to know our worth in this business. He showed us how to give back to our communities and institutions. Um, he was and is a prolific, funny, and audacious uh, comedian, and I think that. Um, you know, I don't agree with what he did to women. Allegedly. I'm just saying alleged because of the podcast. We know what he was charged for and put in jail for. You obviously, and I both know what the fuck went down. Listen, that's why I say alleged, you know, Jeffrey Epstein allegedly 
Huh. You was in jail. You got charged with something, but you're alleged for the podcast. Don't cancel us. But I think even too for Bill Cosby to come on and be a comedian, you know, very early on, and then to have this black family on TV prime time of being a lawyer and a doctor and having their kids that had home training, morals, respect, you know, respect for their elders, and then to have a spinoff of a different world. Like yeah. I honestly don't feel like the African American community would have embraced HBCUs to the degree that they do now if it had not been for Bill Cosby spinning off of Denise and having her go to Hillman College. Oh, he made, he brought the middle-class black family to white America. Absolutely. And was like, we are out here. Yeah. This is what we look like. There's not fucking crazy shit going on in our mm-hmm. house that's any different from your house. Yeah. We are a normal family just like you. Me and my wife are both educated. Yeah. And we're black and we can be and we exactly. can still have black issues but like fucking have a nice house yeah and if, take if, care of our children and if it had not when been did for the Cosby him, show come out i think it was 1991 what a weird time i want to say 1991 for us out. to have to be like hey there's black people with money and degrees yeah. and because even fuck? look at even look at family matters carl winslow was a police officer i don't know what the hell harriet did maybe she was a stay-at-home <laughs> mom i don't know she never had no job anyway and then even too for fresh prince for you know vivian to be uh 84 is when it came 84 damn i said 91 jesus okay then uh, but why I remember every episode? That's weird. I was born in 84. Anywho. Because they played reruns every fucking That's night. very true. But it felt like it was something brand new. Like, oh my God, <laughs> I've never seen it before. But even with Fresh Prince, you know, Aunt Viv, she was a professor. Um, and then, you know, Uncle Phil obviously was a judge. So, I mean, that definitely helped set the precedence for a lot of these different black shows. And I mean, as horrible of, you know, the things that he's been he's been alleged to do and charged and in jail for or in prison for, you literally cannot erase what he's given to black people. Like you can't. I stand by what I always say, which is people are multifaceted. Yeah. You can be a horrible person and do great things. Oh, absolutely. And you can be a great person and do horrible things. Yeah. And he did a lot for the black community. Mm-hmm. Also, the Cosby show was not just him. It, it was, was a lot of him and it's not fair that they canceled it and uh, these other people cannot you know profit off that and be seen and their character you know their characters were very palpable yeah all of that everyone can relate to everything on that show yeah. or to some fucking rudy come on even vanessa daddy i love him i mean come <laughs> on so i just i it's hard it's so hard now Listen, I, I don't will, know i will still i still watch the cosby show you will not stop me from watching the cosby show you will not stop me from watching a different world period and even the other show that he spinned off with him and uh felicia rashad after the cosby show got canceled it was called just cosby i will still watch that but i'm like everyone's entitled to their opinion right like yeah. i don't think you'll catch me at a fucking bill cosby rally no i won't go that i'm far. not gonna buy like no. a support bill cosby shirt free bill no we ain't doing that no <laughs> but like i rocked with little bill yeah little bill was awesome I with little bill he taught me a lot i like i love the cosby show yeah had a crush on fucking theo theo for a hot minute theo that was show handsome. was so funny every night on nick at night yeah theo was super i still handsome. talk positively about the co- what did i just say i don't know you have did you have a stroke <laughs> what was that so. Jeez. positively is that what you were positively about the cosby show i have yeah. fond memories of the cosby show i think you can't it would be disrespectful to have mm-hmm. a conversation about bill cosby and negate the fact that he has allegedly done horrible things yeah you can't you but can't you completely can, erase it you can have a conversation where you're like hey this person did all these very beneficial things but also yeah 
he's been accused of this system. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like with R. Kelly. I mean, you know, he's a, he's an amazing. R. Kelly, I believe I can fly. Banger. But still. Raping and well, fucking being a pedophile. That's horrible. And human trafficking. And not I'm st- so great. And I'm still going to listen to his music. I'm not going to purchase it, but, I'm, but if but if I wanted to purchase his music, but I know I got the old albums, girl. Oh, well, you no, I got the CD. You've already given him the money. That's what I'm saying. I got the, I got the CD. Like, Chocolate I'll, Factory, that's my favorite. I'll, I love that. I'll support a CD. TP2? Spin. I will not support a stream for that, man. No, I'm not going to stream it, but I'll definitely play the CDs. God, I already bought it. I'm not throwing my CDs away. That's good music. I yeah. mean, I, I ain't going to be playing at nobody baby shower and all the you know, parties and stuff like that. But. <laughs> you just have to know the cultural context. Bring it was a different room, time. It was also a time where like people weren't canceled you didn't cancel that's people for true. shit right yeah and now we can and we do and there's a cancel culture so. yeah i don't know he what, did do a lot he, he made black people palpable at a time palpable what the fuck your words are you having pa- a stroke palatable yeah for white people mm-hmm. and as much as mm-hmm. that sucks like you shouldn't have to water something down or make it for a specific group just to make it yeah. popular in the culture but at that time you did yeah and white people still run shit and once white people like something it can grow and progress and become something that's why fucking we need white people to like hip-hop and rap and shit but well they take it too far and be like oh i can take the word nigger (laughs) no no little billy you can't but even speaking speaking of that with with regard to hbcus in the news this week um lebron james and nike lebron james they partnered with famu florida agricultural mechanical university whoop whoop famu fam goddamn you that's my alma mater Rattlers. rattlers nobody says no, go no rattlers, rattlers though, though. <laughs> i hate you so much <laughs> so anyway they uh nike has partnered with lebron that's james yeah that's the white yeah you definitely yeah you definitely went to pwi <laughs> they partnered with famu um and they signed a six-year deal with florida a university in tallahassee florida um and they will basically have uh specific gear that are designed for their players uniforms apparel and shoes and nike will start um distributing the gear to florida a university uh, athletics on july the 1st 2021 actually in the game last week that lebron james played he had a pair of orange and green shoes and on the back of them had fam you on the back and we were like oh my gosh it's about to be he a big didn't announcement go there, did he no he did not Mm-mm. he didn't go to college he went straight oh that's school. right he went straight and he was making million dollars as an yeah. 18 year old and but i think that's and a, then they were like we gotta stop that shit yeah i think that's an amazing thing first of all for uh you know um a big company like nike and also to have a big name star like lebron james or big name athlete like lebron james to be able to partner with our university and do stuff like that because i think it's definitely going to set the tone for every hbcu coming you know behind us and one thing i will say about hbcus is that hbcus are like cousins right so i can talk about bethune cookman university y'all sorry y'all this y'all that i can talk about howard i can diss hampton delaware state Bowie state whatever as soon as a person from a pwi come in and try to say some shit uh-uh don't bother my cousin not only we can do that yeah. but and i think too that's a it, it, it's a win for florida and university for famu but it is also a win for hbcus at large because that's going to set the precedence for everybody else kind of coming behind us and being able to to, to score you know partnerships like that with these big brand name companies where you know a lot of these pwis they already have contracts like that but we don't have those unfortunately like you know we stuck with fucking champion and shit i mean champion is a great place Dude, champion's cool now it, it used, to used to not be, be fucking whack as hell if you had champion shoes in pe you were a fake and a phone remember xj 900s nope. L- la gears and all that what the hell are you talking about you don't know what x Fe- from Payless? i remember fila you don't remember xj 900s from Payless? xj 900 yeah they no. were sneakers from Payless. I I would never be caught. Okay, you remember Etonics? No, what the fuck are you what? talking about? What are you talking about? I English. cannot. Etonics was a shoe. 
What? Ebonics? Sacconis? No? You remember no. those? Sacco- People still wear Sacconis. I mean, they're not popular. Like, your parents wear Sacconis. Not children. Um, I think I had some kids. Yeah, kids are, yeah, I mean, I guess. Anyway. British Knights, BKs, never heard of those? Okay, don't worry about it. BK, Beyonce Knolls. British Knights. Burger King? For, yeah, that's what we used to call them, Burger Kings. <laughs> Dude, speaking of Nike, did you see that the... Uh, that lady who had worked there for 25 years she was like the president for north america for nike she got she stepped down she had her or her son this fucking 19 year old was spending like <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars buying shoes with one of her credit cards getting oh all these fucking coupon gosh. codes and shit and flipping the shoes and selling them for a profit that's an entrepreneur easy what's the problem it. Yeah, but I mean it's a problem because you got your mom fired. It's because you got but... your mama. Is you're buying it on her company card, and you got your mama. Oh wait, you he used the company card. I think he. Used oh company no, card. so you got to use her personal card. You can't use the company card. Now, and then he was much. getting like promo codes and shit, so he could get the shoes faster. Wow. You know, like when they have their big drops and shit, and no one yeah. can get it because they have all the bots and yada yada buying shit up. Well, he would you know know the little code words and shit, and when things were gonna drop and how to when to buy them because you know his mom's fucking worked there for 25 years and I is mean, the president. That's a smart guy. Uh, I mean, I know that's controversial, but that's a smart guy. I mean, he's a white, so they went after him. That's very true. Well, you know, if he was black, they would definitely would have made him work off all the money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he insane. just has all these pictures of like him with like hundreds of boxes of shoes on Instagram and shit. What? And nobody from Nike was tracking this guy? That's why I'm like, it's that for me. <laughs> like, you can do this, but like, why the fuck are you going to post all this shit on Instagram? Yeah. The like, kids love a flex. Why do they? And then, then you get caught and then you want to be, I'm so sorry. But that's not even you. That's your mom's job, too. Yeah, you just, I mean, well, clearly you buying all these shoes and he's, how old was he? I think he was 19, dude. Child, well, then clearly y'all got money. You good. Your mama got money too. She good. She, they, they probably, she, I'm quite sure she has Nike stocks and all that kind of stuff. She's fine. Yeah. All right. So next to the news, um, this will be all that. One of our last things before we go into the uh, social media stuff. Anyway, so this week, uh, Matthew Knowles, who is the father loudy, loudy, loudy. of Beyonce, um, he just so lost in the clouds, Lord Jesus. So everybody knows Chloe and Halle Bailey, right? The the dynamic duo sisters who have been just crushing the game for the past couple of years, and also so crushing social media. Yes, in times. these are beautiful women with locks. I mean, locks with for days, bodies that bodies, won't quit. Beautiful chocolate skin voices yes. sound like a mix of fucking Fergie and Jesus. Absolutely. So um, this one report, not reporter, but um, this one social media. I guess reporter um, had an interview with Matthew Knowles and was asking him about his opinion on um, Chloe, which is the older sister being compared to like a young Beyonce because Chloe and Hallie actually were the first artists that were signed to Beyonce's record label. I think it was, or signed as her yeah. artists. Mm -hmm. And so he made this, I mean, just went all crazy. Just like somebody is an idiot enough to compare her to Beyonce talent wise. They say she's literally like a young Beyonce in the making. I'm asking you a yes or no question. Are you telling me someone's an idiot enough to compare her to Beyonce talent-wise? She's very talented, but Beyonce's a, a yes or a no. Are there people saying her talent is equal to Beyonce? They're an idiot. Period. I can't even listen. I hate him so much. Well, boop. <laughs> well, there you have it. Listen, I'm... I mean, and he, then he says, well, that's insulting. And I'm like, first of all, nobody is comparing and saying that Chloe Bailey is 
Beyond, like she can, she's on the same level as Beyonce. But you cannot deny that this girl literally like fashioned her whole entire voice after Beyonce. Like that was her. That is still like, her idol. They're on a fucking sitcom. Yeah, as regular characters. They're producing a lot. They write their they own write music. And produce everything. And she plays multiple instruments. Does Beyonce play an instrument? That's what. I'm, so that's why maybe her voice isn't as like crazy as Beyonce's. What Beyonce had a very distinct and um enjoyable voice like she was everyone enjoyed beyonce's voice but chloe sounds a lot like beyonce i know but i'm just like at that i'm trying to think at that time when she was when coming she was up and she age, broke up yeah when she went and fucking did her own solo shit yeah. like there who else was doing shit like that back then yeah like she came out and she was the sexy fucking light-skinned black girl who mm-hmm. had fucking pop beats and fucking to cross over like that yeah exactly yeah but i don't know that she was producing shit and she was no she probably wasn't even writing her own music so i'm like it's a different thing and people more than one person can be talented but my thing is for you to sit there and and say that that was insulting for her for somebody to compare them or even say that she's someone that your daughter chose to bring up thank you and it's literally like mentoring her through the business and like that's her protege what a nut and the fact that you would say that it's insulting to compare her when nobody compared her they just said she's like a young beyonce coming up yeah. because honestly her voice her talent she's an amazing it's singer like she's a beautiful said, girl like, taylor swift or something exactly but my thing is even too when beyonce was her age and coming up i'm quite sure people compared beyonce to tina turner or to like share and was it not disrespectful and insulting for you to compare to these the two fucking divas. thank you tina turner has a career that spans 50 years like come on nobody knew beyonce was gonna be this big you know but the fact that you would sit there and uh this is insulting and they're an idiot enough first of all matthew shut the fuck up and this is why your daughter Miserable dropped man. you as a goddamn manager and every other group that you have touched since beyonce has failed go take care of your uh illegitimate child okay sweep around your own front porch front door front door uh-huh mm-hmm. while you're trying to sweep around mine and Here that's why richard poop. lawson that's why richard lawson replaced your ass you that's little stupid Tina ass idiot. got herself a brand new husband exactly. like that's so disrespectful to discredit this girl's also, talent she how old are you decrepit ass man she's like fucking 20 years old he's so fucking dumb i'm just like bitch you will never ha- you will never create another beyonce number one let's be very clear matthew this is why you probably can't even talk to her. you probably got to make an appointment just to talk to her <laughs> little dumbass. i know beyonce probably just be like oh my god would this man shut the fuck up she shut probably up. just texted chloe and was like girl don't even worry about it all right my daddy he was drunk don't worry about it <laughs> like the daughter that you're defending specifically chose these two girls and was like i yeah. obviously see that you're fucking talented exactly. i'm goddamn beyonce I want to help you become what the fuck you're going to become. Yeah, clearly you don't know your daughter's business because if you did, you wouldn't have made that dumbass comment. Also, it's not like she can't sing. They can both sing. She's an amazing singer. I'm disgusted. She's an amazing singer, songwriter, artist, musician. Like, I'm sorry, what? This is why Beyonce had to write daddy lessons. He ain't oh do shit. Oh my God. This is why she don't add you in the pictures on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It's always Miss Tina. Yes, definitely. Mr. Richard. All right, so we're uh, let's take a break real quick and let's hear from our sponsors. This episode of The Face-Off with Fleming and Fowler is sponsored by MyApothecary.com. MyApothecary is the premier online destination for hemp-derived CBD that will help you curate a wealthy lifestyle. CBD is one of many restorative compounds found in the cannabis plant. Its benefits include decreased pain, improved mood, decreased anxiety, and much more. Some of y'all know that I have crazy ADHD, so I'm heavily medicated at all times, and I've been taking CBD oil at night to kind of calm me down, get me ready for bed. 
1010 would recommend. Worried about regulations? The passing of the 2018 Farm Bill made hemp-derived CBD legal to sell and consume. So yes, CBD is 100% legal and perfect for every person of legal age. My Apothecary's featured line, Broad Bloom, offers broad-spectrum CBD oil drops, sports cream, and soft gels. These products have no THC, so you can stay fly without the high or zen without the spin. Shop now at www.myapothecary.com and sign up for their newsletter to get exclusive offers, product releases, and CBD news. Remember to always check with your healthcare provider before consuming any supplement. You must be 21 to purchase and consume, and shipping is only available in the U.S. of A. Don't forget to shop at www.myapothecary.com. All right, what's in social media news or TV news? TV news. Let's see what we're watching. There's a new Biggie Smalls documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Biggie, I got a story to tell. Ooh. Ten ten. Of course, Diddy's in it. Wait, are they talking about the death or like his life beforehand? Both, but mostly it's um like Diddy's in it. It's all the guys he kind of grew up with and the people that were around at the time he was getting big. So it's like about Junior his mafia. life. Mm-hmm. Junior Mafia. Yes, ma'am. So it was interesting. I liked it. It was a good little biggie refresher. If anyone yeah. forgot, because you know he was murdered. Yeah. So and they touched a little bit on the Tupac stuff. Nothing crazy. It was very just like these are old friends of his. Mm-hmm. There was one of the guys who was videotaping all the time because he wanted to see the crowd's reaction to his story so it's yeah. all found footage that they have did he say oh, wow. um so it's all been of course yeah but it was good i watched that and um the irishman that came out like in 2019 long yeah. ass fucking movie about the mob i need to watch it i heard There's it was a, good it's a scorsese movie but it's martin got scorsese. martin my good friend marty it's got a uh, pacino joe pesci robert de niro it's good if you if you need like a long ass movie to watch. You have a couple hours to fill, and you like mob movies. Ten Ten would yeah. recommend. Cool beans. Yeah, Did I you just watch anything. I just saw um the United States versus Billie Holiday, um yesterday, and I didn't even realize that was a thing. What like like that she had that the United States came after her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't know that either. Um, I just knew that she was an amazing singer um, and that she had a drug, she was uh, addicted to drugs or heroin specifically. um, And that she died at a very young age. She died at 44. Have you ever seen Clueless? Yeah. You know, when he's like, it's Billie Holiday. And she's like, I love him. Oh God. I can't. But yeah. So basically the the purpose of the movie is, is about her life and kind of her road to, to stardom. Um, but it also talks about the, the, a lot of the trials and tribulations that she went through, you know, being addicted to drugs and, you know, how the United States government specifically because she's, um, she created it. She wrote this song and kept singing this song called strange fruit, which is a strange fruit hanging. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Um, that's definitely a Renaissance, uh, peace and the government was very pissed off about it it was almost like very reminiscent of like the hunger games when president snow didn't want people to have hope because then would be a, like an uprising mm-hmm. and that's the same thing too and it's, it's sad that even in that time in the 1940s she started singing this song and in the late 1930s early 1940s she started singing this song and then every time she would try to sing it they would try to arrest her for it and then the fbi was after her and tried to get her on drug charges and then she went to jail for a year because heron and all the people in her life that were working with the fbi to destroy this woman what? and it was like what the f- this is in the 1940s and you're going through shit like this like it's it's insane like oh but it was a great movie audra day did an amazing job no wonder she won a damn golden globe she did an amazing the cast was 
beautiful. Like, this is a great Black History Month for actors. Yeah, it really was. It definitely was. So it, it was really good. Did so you I, watch I Judas that. and the Black Messiah? No, I haven't yet. Um, I don't know if I'm prepared to watch that right now. Um, because it is space. because I do, I do know what that story is about is with regard to Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers um, I watch a lot of documentaries on that and just the, the space that I'm at at work I don't know that I need to watch that right now okay yeah because it's very racially tensed at my job it so is. I love Daniel Kaluuya so I'll probably be jumping into it soon yeah I, I want to see it but I, I think I need to yeah and plus my student ain't there to buffer something I don't need to watch that right now no definitely not all right anything else no let's go to the rehab all right corner. let's go to the rehab corner that's what I said oh okay sorry my bad. let's go together um so what are we talking about in the rehab corner today what aren't we talking about in the rehab corner oh goodness so uh, your favorite podcast the face-off with Fleming and Fowler mm-hmm. did a small cute fun chill symposium symposium kind of panel discussion thing with some uh otpt students um about kind of culture bias in the workplace and racial bias in the workplace and advocacy for your patients of different cultures Mm -hmm. um we didn't get past a check so i don't want people to say we sold out because guess what we didn't i know that's what everybody's thinking you guys are just fucking sellouts now just fucking taking your show on the road to get a check uh yeah no we do that shit for free out of the kindness of our hearts that's right so that when i do something fucked up in 30 years you can come back to this and say well she did that nice thing <laughs> she at least tried to educate people on diversity and inclusion in healthcare. yeah no it was very interesting just yeah. talking about it i was like damn this job is fucked up it is but the thing is i think too um the fact that they came to first of all shouts out to one of our coworkers who's um a teacher there and you know plugged our podcast and you know these um OT students came up to us and, and they were having this very difficult conversation and that's kind of what sparked it all. So basically it was the University of Texas Health Science Center. Um, Here in good old San Antonio, yes. Texas, baby. So shouts out to them, their OT and PT program. Um, we we were so, first of all, it was an honor for us, to, for, for them, you know, for us to even be a part of that and even be asked to even um, speak with them. Um, and they were having this very difficult conversation about diversity and inclusion. And I think it helped from a different perspective from them to hear, uh, hear about it from people who are actually in it. So some of like the questions that they asked us were, you know, how is it being a person of color, being a PT and an OT and how is that world um, pretty much how you go through? And I'm going to play, you know, some of the clips of what we said from the, from the actual um, um, zoom kind of meeting. Um, they also asked us on some tips about how to be culturally sensitive with their patients, um, also to how to advocate for their patients of color. Um, and they wanted to know some, you know, some information about cultural humility, competence and interdisciplinary collaboration between PT and OT. And um, we, we definitely gave our perspective on it. Number one, being African-American women in healthcare and being clinicians on the other side of the spectrum and how um, our presence alone speaks volumes you know for other patients of color when they see us sometimes they do feel a lot more comfortable with us being there Mm -hmm. but then on the flip side you know these our Caucasian brothers and sisters they love to come in as soon as you come in they're just like oh are you are you EVS or are you uh who are you are you the tech and that's no disrespect to EVS or the tech, but if I'm walking in, I'm saying, hi, I'm Monica from physical therapy. The fact that you assume that I'm something, you're assuming that I'm something and I'm not, and I'm telling you who the hell I am. I mean, I've had patients that, you know, their family members, oh, I thought you were the tech. No, bitch, I got a doctor degree. Yeah. I got four degrees. Like, get the fuck out of my face before I knock you out. Let's just stop assuming things of people. Yeah. Uh, as far as advocating for your patient culturally, just check your bias at the door. 
I mean, I'm from San Antonio, born and raised, puro pinche. I, like, I will walk into a room and an older Hispanic man is mamas, mija, all of that stuff, right? It doesn't bother me at all. I know, super endearing. I'm very used to it. And some people are very thrown off by it. They think it's rude. They cast that patient off. They complain about the patient. That's, I know culturally that that's not, he's not trying to demean you or anything. That's just something they do. And then I know there are specific types of people that I will see. And I was like, oh, sir, I've seen you 97 times and we've had 97 interactions with people who look just like you. And this is not going to be good. But you can't do that because you don't know. This mm -hmm. is an entirely different person. And you may, be, you may be thinking something, but, you know, and you carry that into the room with you and you have a bad attitude. Your patient feels that. And that's just a horrible situation. So a lot of the times with therapy, you are the one advocate. You're the one in the room asking the questions. Because you have a heart of gold, you're going to sit there and care about what they have to say. And they'll tell you things that they won't tell other people. So then you have to take that on yourself to go and, you know, try to communicate that to everyone else. Um, and then in terms of tips for being around, I don't know, I guess professionally in a workspace, just be careful of gaslighting. I feel like when you're a person of color and you bring something up, it's very easy for people to say, well, they didn't mean it like that. Or, well, you're just making a big deal because X, Y, and Z. Or they didn't actually think that. Or da 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 da, -da Which may be true, but your points are also valid. So just be careful in people making you feel crazy when you're not. And tone policing, too. Because, you know, there are a lot of different um, ethnicities that, you know, I, I know from just growing up, being around Hispanics, I'm black, obviously, we can be very loud when we come together, right? And it's not an aggressive loud. It's just our voice is raised. We're having a good time. We're talking, all that kind of stuff. And sometimes, too, people will tone police you and make you feel like you're the aggressor. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I've been called the angry black woman in um, in a hospital set or in a, in a professional setting. The reality is that I am not aggressive. I am assertive. And because I am sure and confident in what I am doing and you are intimidated by that, that does not mean that you should make a derogatory um, statement toward me of being, oh, you're aggressive. You're so loud. No, you just don't know what the hell you're doing and you're you're. Uh, really insecure and that's part of the problem so sometimes too even you know kind of the the confidence that a person of color may walk around walk, walk around with it fills the room and it makes people feel very uncomfortable unfortunately so even even piggybacking on what Alyssa said with regard to, to gaslighting just also be very careful of people who try to tone police you as well and make you out to be these angry people of color and see see I knew they were going to do this and also to taking that into consideration with your patients that if your patients challenge you it's not necessarily because they don't they don't trust you personally they don't even know who you are I mean even you have to look at different experiments that were done you know governmentally you know there is that a word governmentally that's not a word that's not a word but in the government we'll just say that governmentally is not a word anyway by the government, uh, by the government. so even Tuskegee experiment right like that's one of a, a very popular experiment that was done for over 40 years that ended in 1975 that they literally took 600 African African-American men and gave them syphilis. So you can imagine African-Americans, they don't come to the hospital. They don't come to the doctor for anything. Even Hispanics, Hispanics don't like to come to the doctor for anything. I mean, they have to dag near be dead in order to come. And it's really bad once they get there because there is a huge distrust of physician and patient and understanding that these people, you know, the, the era in which they come in it's like autonomy was not celebrated in certain time, in certain eras and decades, right? It was you do what the doctor tells you to do and that's it. 
And now, nowadays, we push for autonomy with our patients. You have the right to choose. You have the right to say yes and no. This is why we have DNRs in place. So respecting that person's culture and understanding that just because it's something different than what you are used to and what you were raised by does not make it wrong. And don't come in with it with your prejudging. Oh, God, here go the black person. You know, they're going to be malingering and faking. Oh, they're going to act like this. Oh, my cheese mowing, blah, 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 blah. You know, like check your check your bias at the door come in and look at this patient for face value what they're actually here just look at them for the diagnosis don't look at them for the race that they are look at them as a diagnosis and you do your differential diagnosis your examination prognosis blah 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 and call it a day yeah and it's not perfect i slip up all the time and it Mm -hmm. takes that one time for you to walk out and then your patient something happens and you're like ugh. I feel horrible. If yeah. I would have just taken the time, we could have seen that. I would have caught it, but I was just, you know, yeah, 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 because he was yelling at me the whole time and I didn't mm-hmm. want to deal with it. And now, you know, we're here when we could have caught that before and we wouldn't have this issue. So it yeah. makes you feel really bad. And I don't want anyone to feel bad. So, right. So, what are your thoughts on diversity and inclusion in the healthcare industry or in PT and OT specifically? Ain't got none. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. No, I think it's a. Uh, very hard at times to see a person of color that you can identify with right being treated like shit in the hospital or like the doctor Mm -hmm. comes in for 15 seconds and says all these things and then you know i I, health literacy is just like not a thing for people no and i hate it it's like financial literacy why would we teach you yeah and so i just like i hate but i will always take the time to sit with my patients and be like, listen, mm-hmm. did you understand what they just fucking said to you? Yeah. Do you have questions? Just I have to be like, hey, you know, you can ask the doctor questions, mm-hmm. right? You know, you can demand time of them. You know, if you have any questions about this whole thing, write them down. Ask them when they're here. Do you want to go over something? Do you know that yeah. you can Google what they say? Da-da-da-da-da. And you have autonomy to choose. Yeah. And just because they say you need to do something, you don't. You can ask no. for more time to think about it or a second opinion or you Absolutely. can wait. Everything's very rushed in the hospital and people yeah. are sick. So I get it. And I hate that I have to sit there and do that because it sucks. Like I would, I would, I grew up with a medical family, right? So I know these things, but I hate that I, that not everyone does. And then yeah. I have to take the time to do that because it makes me feel bad. Because I'm like, I've met you this one time. You're always in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know that someone's taking the time to do this with you every time. And I yeah. feel bad and I'm not going to be here and we can't have visitors all the time mm-hmm. in the hospital right now. Yeah. Um, so it sucks. And then you're spending all this time. You want to advocate for this patient. And it's just like, you're just the therapist. Yeah. Everyone's like, well, what do you know? And we're like, well, I just spent an hour and a half in there with them, you know, getting to know them and mobilizing them. They haven't moved in three weeks. Yeah. And so they start to tell you things and it's just like, well, even like you said in, in the actual um, conversation that we had with the students was that, you know, the fortunate part for us and the unfortunate part, it's a two-edged sword that these patients will tell PT and OT things that they will not share with the MDs because they don't trust the MDs. And then the MDs make them feel like they don't have time. I mean, like you said, an MD comes in there for two seconds. It's just like, hey, how you doing? Well, I see that you're working with therapy. Let me just listen to your heart and lungs real quick. Okay, cool. And then you go back to the chart and they're like, I personally spent 60 minutes of billable time with this patient. Yeah. No, the fuck you didn't. And then you want to say, oh, well, I'm the, the 60 minutes includes like the chart review that I had to do. Well, if that's the case, why the fuck don't I get credit for the chart review that I do with my patients as well, too, if that's what we're talking about? Also, yeah, to a lot of people, doctors are fucking intimidating. So why am I going to tell you, doctor, with all these years and degrees or surgeon or whatever, that I have questions? I'm going to tell, you know, the nurse, the therapist, someone else. Yeah. But then I, I don't have the fucking answers for you. And that's what makes me so frustrated. It's yeah. like I can't. 
I can't tell you. I can't tell you these things. Like, those are things you have to ask the doctor. I can't even sit here and be like, well, I think it's this, this, and that. It's not even in my scope. It's not in my scope. I don't know. I can't diagnose you. I can tell you that I've had 65 patients who have the Mm -hmm. same complaints as you and it was all this thing but i don't know that yeah and that's what pisses me off because i'm like if this doctor would just take two fucking minutes to stay in here just just listen literally just a clarifying question are you sure you don't have any questions for me i have time to go over it with you if you want to and i get that they're busy but even the language barrier that comes into play because we were even talking about that you know the fact that we are in san antonio and we have a huge mexican population here Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of people here who do not speak english and you know doctors will come in and they think Cause I used to do this too when I first started. As and it's it, it's not like you're doing it on purpose because you kind of don't realize you're doing it until somebody calls it out. When somebody who does not speak your language, you just think if I speak louder and slower in English, that that means you understand me. And it's like, no, bitch, they still don't understand what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> like just because somebody says hello, thank you, you're welcome, that doesn't mean they speak English. I can say, uh, Buenos dias. <laughs> May I'm Monica. De terapia física. That don't mean I speak Spanish, and I'm probably saying that wrong. Tina Delor, <laughs> I can ask you if you have pain. Now you, now you start telling me all this sentence. I'm gonna just be like, uh, numero, cero or this. Oh my god, my Spanish is horrible. So I'm just like, you know, these doctors they come in sometimes, and and you know, even we were talking about how you know with the Tuskegee experiment, and also too with the fact that black people even in in med school were regarded as people who did not feel pain like even um what's his name even uh, still now did you see that tiktok that was going around and it was a med student like a med student in med school today that yeah. was like someone i guess it came up that oh you know it used to be said that black people had tougher skin and less uh nerve endings that's why you could be rougher with like uh, starting ivs and stuff yeah and it came up that wasn't true and he was like what the fuck are you talking about like that's what i've always known that's what we've heard so he went home and did some research and he was like that's not true yeah uh, he's in school today it is 2021, 2021 and these people still think that because it's still being it's still being perpetuated taught, unfortunately and taught. yeah that black people don't feel pain. This is why even a lot of, you know, even the, the father of gynecology, that piece of shit, um, he literally believed that black people did not feel pain. So he developed a lot of his procedures on bl- working on black slaves without anesthesia. And then if he had a resident or an intern, now you're teaching them that. Then they're going to teach their people that. Then they're going to teach their people that. And it's you're perpetuating this vicious cycle that is untrue. Even too, like I, I told the students, I said, listen, I want you guys to Google three words, professional hairstyles men. You Google image all this shit, what comes up? Some Bradley Cooper of, motherfuckers. Exactly, a bunch of white people. Then you Google unprofessional hairstyles men. The, all the, the black Duanes, people show up. The Andre. But then even too, when you Google, I told them, I was like, Google the word rash. Just put rash in Google. When you Google that, the first two to three pages are nothing but white skin. So people of color are not even represented when you're even trying to differentially diagnose something. And there's a lot of people who use Google. Let's be clear in the healthcare industry. We all use Google for a quick search real quick. Okay. <laughs> and even too, I saw this other um, med student on, on TikTok. He was talking about how um, even oxygen saturations are, are racially biased to a degree because our, you know, the melanin in our skin is obviously makes us much darker. So we may not read the same or read accurately with regard to O2 saturation as our white counterparts parts you know even when you talk about um you know like live kidney disease like chronic kidney disease we have to have a higher um gfr rate than other than our white counterparts and you can misdiagnose kidney disease in african-americans this is why we have such a high kidney dis- high level of kidney disease and people on dialysis because you wait until people levels get super bad because you're like oh african-americans have a tendency to have this mm-hmm. shit 
No, that's not true. It's like the fucking food pyramid that was yeah. made based on white people. So exactly. you have milk as a huge group and dairy. Yeah. People, Asians, black people, Hispanic people cannot have milk in that capacity, right? Lactose a lot of us are lactose intolerant. It doesn't agree with us. So you have this whole, this entire fucking socially just like accepted and propagated, whitewashed, whitewashed just like... um you know this idea of what yeah. health is supposed to be and it's all fucking geared towards white people yeah because even even today which was insane that we were even we had already planned to talk about this conversation or about this topic and then this morning at three something in the morning my best friend calls me and is like hey i gotta go to the er there's something wrong blah 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 and i'm like all right you know let me know what the doctors say blah 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 and the doctor was just like yeah so we're just gonna give you some muscle relaxers wait bitch i'm sorry what and i'm like did did they do an x-ray and she's like no did they do a ct scan no so you mean to tell me that i came in for some type of pain and you're just like based off of what i'm telling you your only response is well you know let's just give you some muscle relaxers and then let's not even scan you to see what's actually going on because the radiation the, the risks of the radiation outweighs the benefits of knowing what's actually going on with you radiation. and a ct is very expensive first of all don't count my motherfucking pockets also that's why i have insurance thank you and so if you're I, assuming that i don't have money or i'm uninsured thank you and even if i am uninsured you listen Jeffrey Epstein, I'm quite sure he had no health insurance because he can afford to pay for everything on his own. But don't be like Chipotle doctors where you sit here and you ask the Chipotle people, hey, can I get some extra rice and extra guac? <laughs> and they look at you with disgust like, it's extra. Bitch, did I blink? Give me my extra rice and my fucking extra guac. Stop playing with me. <laughs> like, the disrespect. Stop counting somebody coins. Talking about a CT scan is expensive. Who cares? It's just even like... I don't know. Like do your fucking job. When a Muslim woman wants a woman doctor or a woman therapist, they're being difficult. Or when a Jehovah's yeah. Witness doesn't want the blood transfusion and oh, they just don't understand. But why did you come to the doctor anyway? Or when the Hispanic male patient is, you know, super proud, wants to do things on his own, doesn't want help, and then you go and he's hurting and he's I I I and he has itis, yeah, quote unquote. Exactly. It's those things and they're perpetu and they're these biases that have been perpetuated mm -hmm. forever and they're deep in medicine. And yeah. um, I'm hoping with like, it's the very core of medicine. That's the sad part. I'm hoping as younger blood gets in there, mm -hmm. it's just like anything else. It'll be more educated and more sensitive to these things, but yeah. it's going to take a fucking It's going to take a long minute. time. I mean, you know, I mean, even from 1968, which was the year Martin Luther King was killed or was it 1964? I think it was 1968. The fact that all the stuff that he had done and people before him and people before him and this is how far we've gotten like this is fucking sad chipping away oh my god it's ridiculous because even i remember i got into it with a case manager a couple years ago um we had one particular african-american patient and then one hispanic patient and of course she's white and she wanted to send these people to ltex and from pt and ot and speech therapy all three nope. of us were in agreement where it's just like no they can go to aru's they can handle it and no no we already got the authorization i don't give a shit what the fuck you already got you can you can ignore that and delete it and then you can go pick up something else because you already didn't listen this bitch walks out of the damn rounds being all pissed off storming off crying like a fucking two-year-old but then all these other white, white patients all these other white patients somehow get chosen to go to aru like i'm i'm sorry what but you're gonna but you're gonna try to put this this black man and this Hispanic man who has the capacity to do it, got insurance. We we are as the professionals of mobility are telling you that they can handle it, mm -hmm. but you just wanna go do your own thing. Oh, case management drives dispo. Okay, well you go do the fucking evals then. And it's hard because you 
have unconscious biases towards people who look like you, right? Yeah. Like I will go out of my way sometimes to help a black or Hispanic patient yes, I in will. a way that I wouldn't necessarily do it for a white patient. Yes, Cause I'm like, I will with no shame. well, shit, who's going to do it for you? And I see my grandma on you or I see yep. me and you or whatever you fucking see. Mm -hmm. Right. And I get it, but that you're in healthcare. So you can't do that all the, like with the big things, there's no way you can do that. You have to break all your biases down and treat everyone as an individual patient and do the best you can for everyone. So it's fucking hard. Yeah, and I, I'm, <laughs> so I'm going to tell say, you this. Uh, it's hard. What happened this this week on, oh I think it was my Thursday. God, was this it, man is a pain in the butt. What is the Thursday? So this white man at our job. Oh, white, like when you, okay, when we say the words white man, whatever image you have in your head, multiply it times two. And that's exactly what we're thinking. Yeah, he was just very extra. I mean, and the thing is, this man came in for one thing went to surgery woke up with a totally different thing on a vent you know tied down restraints so it's blah, understandable blah, blah. that you're crotchety so, yeah but we not but but at a certain point once we have one come to jesus with you you should get it and move on all okay? you get is one come to that's, jesus that's all you're gonna get and so i got ready to go see him on thursday um i'm trying to figure out where my student was no he was standing there no, no, no. Actually, no. I sent him uh, with one of our other coworkers because I had a half day that day. And um, so we're, we're working with him. I'm working with him and the nurse. And he's just being a straight asshole. And he's just like, first of all, I need three things. You just woke me up, number one. Number two, I'm thirsty. And number three, mind you, he's, he's talking over the bitch. He's talking over the vent. He has no Pasamir on. He's not on trait collar. This man is on ACPRVC mode, 70% and a peep of 10. And he is talking over the fucking vent, just like I'm talking right now. I would have been like, keep talking and watch your stats go down. Exactly. Well, no, his stats actually were beautiful, but for some reason he kept failing his uh, his CPAP trials. Anyway, so he was like, number one, I just woke up. Number two, I am thirsty. Number three, I am hungry. So I started adding to the list. I was like, number four, I want my student loans paid off. Number five, I don't want to work here. So what are we going to do? Keep Add it to the list or you're going to get your ass up. And he was like, no, I am not moving. Sir, you can ride in this bed for all I care. I'm getting ready to go home to my little comfy Tempur-Pedic mattress. So you can sit here on this vent and play around these games if you want to. I am a 63-year-old man. I said, and I'm a 36-year-old woman. So what does that mean anything? And so the nurse was like, you need to talk to people with respect and blah, 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 blah. He was like, no, you both can get out. I said, make me. <laughs> get up out of the bed. I, told her, I, said, I said, get your ass up out of this bed on this ventilator and make me. Oh, you're full of shit. I said, and so are you, sir. Get on up so we can get it out. And guess what he did? Sat his ass up at the edge of the bed. Now, his blood pressure did drop to the 70s. However, <laughs> comma, that wasn't none of my business. But that okay? only happened because he's been laying on his fucking ass for two weeks. Exactly. And he has because I'll go in there. I'm tired, right? And because of he's the lowest priority on my list. Just right. Because of what I have of everything else going on. Yeah. Right. And so I go in there and he's just a fuck. You know that time of the day when you're like, I'm going to do my job, but there's like a limit to how much I can put in right now. I'm only giving 50%. <laughs> so I walk in that motherfucker and he's just already starting with his shit. And I said, listen, sir, is there anything I can say to you right now that will convince you to get up out of this bed? And he said, nope. And I said, all right. Have I a great day. See you later. Have a good day. I cannot force you to get up no. and I do not have the energy to fucking play this game. No. We've been playing it for weeks. I've been chasing you for weeks trying no. to get you to move. And when you have people like that who act like that, and again, this is a white man and talking to you with this particular privilege, it's like with, with, with your own kind, I hate to say this, but it is true with your own kind. I've had African-American patients who have been way worse than he has yeah. been and, you'll, and they and will, you'll they will be down. crotchety to you. And I'm just like, listen, listen, this is what we, and my whole diction changes, but you can break it down to them in a way that will not be. 
It's not offensive. Um, what is the word? Will it's not, not derogatory, be... disrespectful, berating, bullying, aggressive, <laughs> condescending. No. It okay. won't be received the same from yeah. him as it will be from someone exactly. of your own race. Exactly. That's very true. Because black people all the time in healthcare, when unfortunately the African American people, let's say there they there's a, a big you know, issue with distrust with the healthcare system and with their physicians and their, their care staff. Sometimes I will go in and I will use my blackness and I'm like, yo, listen here, auntie. Okay. Here's what we ain't going to do. What's your problem? Well, all I'm saying is nobody's listening to me. Nobody's doing this and this and that. And even I had this one patient a couple of weeks ago, you know, she's Hispanic and she speaks, she speaks English perfectly fine, but I think she prefers Spanish at times. And she kept saying, nobody's listening to me. I am in a lot of pain. No one is listening to me. And everybody kept brushing it off as, well, you just had a hip surgery. We totally get it. And now you're in the ICU. She's like, no, I, I, I'm not going to work with therapy. You guys are not fucking listening to me. Mm -hmm. So an OT went in to go see her and she refused the OT. So the OT comes to me and was like, hey, this patient, she's going to refuse. She's very feisty. So I go and I talk to the lady. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, mija. Mija, I'm not getting up. And I was like, well, why are you not wanting to get up? And she's like, they won't listen to me. This brace, I need to take this brace off. And I'm like, well, I was like, well, the doctor has the brace on your leg for a specific reason. She's like, I know that. I don't care about that. This brace is killing me. And I'm like, okay, if I were to just loosen up the brace for you real quick, just give you a breather so then I can do my eval and ask you your questions. Once we get ready to move, I'll put it back on, but I'll make sure that it's not tight. She was like, okay, fine. The fact that I took 30 seconds just to do that, I literally found that the fucking brace was digging into her thigh. And that's when they kept giving her drugs to say, oh, you don't want more morphine. It's not about the morphine. Listen to the lady. She's not telling you that her hip hurts. She's telling you that the brace is digging in her skin. Yep. And all I did was take it off, put it back on. And guess what? She sat up at the side of the bed and we stood. And then when I tell the OT, I'm like, yeah, so she did perfectly fine for me. What? She went off on us and told us to get out of her room. Yeah, because you, you probably talked to her like she was a piece of shit. Yeah. You don't have to tell me how many anyway. times in the last two weeks have I come back into the office after being on the floor and I'm mm -hmm. like, I was just stuck in a fucking room for 45, for 45 minutes. minutes listening to someone bitch because they needed a bitch. And I was like, I yep. guess I'll be the one today. Absolutely. Get it on out and let's try to figure it out. Yeah. Shit. I, don't, I don't think white people, unfortunately, understand how incredibly racist they are at times like even this week well, I, won't, I won't consider this a racist incident i really don't consider this racist but we had a, a particular person that asked us like or, or texted me and was like hey you know there's a new a new black employee that's here at our hospital you know um can can i come and bring her to meet you and i'm like well did the person ask to meet black people and they were just like well no i just want them to feel comfortable and it's like well thank you first of all for coming to me because i think that that was uh when you have allies who you, you are not in their community, it's beneficial for you to feel comfortable to come to that person and talk to that person about it. And so I told her, I said, well, listen, here's the, here's the reality. As inclusive as you're trying to be, you're actually isolating this person because now you're assuming that she only wants to be around black people. Yeah. Now, again, I will keep saying this. When I go into large spaces, I look for the black folks. Okay. Because I need to have some allies. I need, I need some allies. I'm just going to be real. If I walk into a church, and I remember I went to, um, what's the church here? Cornerstone? Uh, oh, not the What's best. his name? Um, what's the pastor? Pastor Hagee. Yeah, John Hagee. Hagee. Listen, he, I went oh, to his church. Oh, for the Lord. I went to John Hagee's church when I first moved to San Antonio because it was right up the street from my house because I lived in Sonoke at the time. And Did he yell at you? I walked to his church and I saw one black usher. And I was like, no, nah, dog, not for me. Y'all about to eat my ass up. Hell no. And I walked out. Fuck out oh, of that you church. You didn't get to hear him yell at you then. Well, I mean, I haven't watched him for years because my grandmother always watched him. Mm -hmm. But I like his son more than I like him. Yeah. 
but yeah, he just he's too political and he's a Trump supporter. So no, I don't, <laughs> I don't fuck with John Hay. No, I but, um, yeah. here's my thing about race in the workplace. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people get weird about racial topics and that's part of the problem. Yeah, right. And then someone comes to you like this coworker did. Mm-hmm. So it is now your responsibility to be like, I'm not going to take this and blow it out of proportion. I'm going to exactly. actually address this with you because yes. that's how things get perpetuated. But I feel like if we bring something up racial racially right mm-hmm. you and i then yeah. it's like it's always in the defense of the person who said it like oh no they didn't mean that or no you're just yeah looking too into that oh da, 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 da. And, and now I'm you're being like, dismissive so now if something racial comes up i have the burden of taking that on and teaching you because yeah. i know that that will help the grand scheme of things but when i have an issue and i see something as being just like off or yes you know racially insensitive well then right. it's we're going to defend the person who said it because they're not a racist so exactly. they wouldn't say that you're just taking it as ra- you don't have to be a racist to say racist fucking shit and my thing is that's not your place to tell me what i interpret as racist yeah. also you are not a fucking person of color don't ask me to be the fucking black voice for the office and no the white voice, something you'd discredit and dismiss me because if you don't do that to the white counterparts don't do that to the blacks and i yeah. think for this one particular person they really had good intentions and again i was glad that they came to me at least because i was able to help steer them because had that person just brought that girl over there to meet me i would have called her ass out in front of everybody and i would have embarrassed her because I, I would have been caught off guard, number one. And number two, it would not have been, it would have been like, really? This what the fuck you doing? And then that would have closed the door for mm-hmm. her to understand where she was standing. And it and, and and she may not have come to me ever again with some some other racial issues. And it's just like, but it's still not my job to teach you how to fucking act right. 100%. Like, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that burden on. If you come to me and you ask me something because we're coworkers or we're friends or whatever the case may be, I have no problem explaining that to you and helping you through it. But it ain't gonna be an everyday thing. You have to go fucking read, okay? I think it is just because this country is A, so rooted in racism, yeah. and B, it's like... Um, I wouldn't understand if I walked in right now to a Fortune 500 company, the fucking, like, any windows of the culture, mm-hmm. the little microaggressions about yeah. this team does this and these kinds of people do this and this job means this and, oh, mm-hmm. we make fun of these people because they don't do- I wouldn't fucking get that. Yeah. It would take me a while to understand being there in it, right? Right. Why people don't fucking get it. They don't. Why when you say my hair is fucking whatever, that it pisses me off. Or oh, why your hair is you so say, frizzy. Like things like that, they don't fucking understand. And mm-hmm. I think in the last like 10, 15 years with all the Black Lives Matter movement and all these things coming, they're just like, this racism just came from fucking nowhere. And everyone's so sensitive now. <laughs> just bla- no, it's years of microaggressions yeah. and just fucking blatant racism. And now it's blowing up. And it's very hard when you have all these this history and these stories right and you yeah. feel away so people get triggered now and it's very, very hard to have the emotional intelligence to say like listen what you said hit a nerve with me because of years of a b and c exactly. and it's inappropriate and you might have not known what you were doing but there's all this context that you don't understand and it yeah. triggered me that's fucking hard to say in the moment yeah and, so, and to even be able to be open to hear it because i think too you know non-persons of color you have to be open to being educated on your bullshit like your whole life is rooted in racism i'm sorry to tell you maybe but it is (laughs) your whole dna is rooted in racism it it just is and even too like when you know after after we had the conversation with the with the ot students one of the students emailed me and was just like you know it was so amazing to be able to see someone who looks like me being represented in this field and when we gave the statistics about you know the fact that out of 336,000 pts and ptas 
less than 5% are black yeah. and less than set, um, less than 5% are black, less than 6% are Hispanic. That's insane. That's where is the fucking reputation, you know, representation, yeah. even on the OT side, the fact that OT you're only, only less than 3.1% of OTs are black. Yep. And I mean, we see that on a daily basis in corporate America. This is why inclusion and diversity is so important. Even I was having a conversation with somebody and I told them the place where I work in my immediate department, there is no one in a position of leadership who looks like me. And you can't tell me that we ain't fucking qualified. Bitch, I got more degrees than all I my supervisors. Overqualified. How many degrees do my supervisors have compared to mine? Period. Poop. Thank you. None of y'all got leadership degrees or business degrees. Let's be clear. And I'm walking real heavy. Yeah. And I think this, there's this idea of quote black excellence and we have to be, you know, these fucking, you have to work harder to be half as good, all that bullshit. Yeah. Right. And I can only work so hard. It takes the majority of people, which unfortunately is white people exactly. to step the fuck up and read things Absolutely. and become culturally sensitive and just fucking know the context and make space for black people and be the voice saying when one black person in a room says, Hey, there's not enough black people. It's it falls on fucking deaf ears. They're when just like, one uh, white person says, Hey, there's not enough black people in this room. It makes a whole fucking difference yeah even um, i remember that this interview that um ellen pompeo did for those that don't know she's a uh, meredith gray on gray's anatomy she did this interview with like it was her gabrielle union um there was an asian actress and a hispanic actress a actress oh an actress and, huh? shut up <laughs> and she was basically saying um she was just like you know the fact that there's not enough diversity here in this even in this conversation she was like the fact that i'm sitting here and the producers, the PAs, all these people are sitting here and there's not enough diversity here. And Gabrielle Union was like, preach it, ally. Because I've been saying that for years. But the, but when Ellen Pompeo says it's it. It's very different. It's very different. And it, and it reaches a multitude. This woman who was married to a black man has black children. When she says it, she's coming from a different place of a different, and a different experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the problem. Even too, I was reading this article about this Tulane University. Um, I think she's a, she's a program medical the medical residency program director she literally is suing Tulane University because they took her job from her five months after they gave it to her saying oh we don't think that um white students would really want to come here because you're representative of our program that's you know I'm saying that with quotations but yeah I was just like that makes no freaking sense of the fact that you would sit here and say that um I have it now that basically she was told that she would deter white students as the program director I'm sorry I don't care what my program director looks like. I don't like. want your racist ass here if you see a strong, educated black woman at the front of this program. Yes. And you say, oh, not for me, no thanks. Right. Bye. Like, what the fuck? That Ugh. is stupid. Ugh. And that brings me back to the fucking coworker, right? Yeah. This whole situation. So I feel like the heart was in the right place, right? Yeah. Like you obviously say like, hey, I have this black girl starting here and I don't see black people around her and yeah. I think I should introduce her to the black people, right? Mm -hmm. When now knowing all this, the thought should be like, why don't we have more black people exactly. here? Why wouldn't she feel comfortable? Let me try to make an active choice to hire more people of color, to exactly. introduce more people of color into these roles, to move things around, to make it more known that I don't think we are more diverse. Diversity, let me, let me just say this. Diversity is not hiring one black and one Hispanic. <laughs> That's not That's a fucking quota. diversity. That's a, fucking quota. That's a quota and you getting some money for having this fucking person. They're, they're not even a quota. They're a fucking token. Let's be clear. 
one black, one Asian, one Native American, one Indian, one Asian. That is not fucking diversity. I remember I said this to a, a senior leader and I said, there is nobody in senior leadership that looks like me. You know what this lady said? Oh, well, yeah, there's so-and-so and so-and-so. Ma'am, you listed one black person who's not even black. <laughs> We're not putting quote on blackness. We're I was just like, it. it's, but, I just think, I think that their immediate, like this quote unquote wokeness, right? It's like, oh, I can directly fix this. I have this thought. Oh, this person would be more comfortable with people that looked like them. Okay. Yeah. Right. There's just not the broader thought, the broader conversation of, mm -hmm. instead of just directly affecting this one small fucking incident. Yeah. I should overhaul the entire culture. So I don't have this problem again. Exactly. Cause the fact that you felt the need to try to include them with only their kind you're perpetuating segregation if this was <laughs> if this saying. was hey i hired this ot and there's no other ot's over here i need to introduce her to another ot your next thought would be like oh maybe we should need to get more ot's yeah but the fact when you bring race, into, you it, race into it it's just like oh we just gotta make sure she's comfortable with people from race let's find some exactly no. and you can do that and that's not quote unquote wrong it's kind yeah. of fucking racist and i don't think you should do it you should yeah. just make her comfortable but then you think what would make her comfortable oh probably if she was around people who looked like her maybe or were interested in the things she mm -hmm. was interested so why don't i just try to make that happen and it's not going to be as quick of a change how about you put a person in position of leadership who looks like her to reflect her period just saying black people are smart black people are fucking imaginative and creative and and plugged into the fucking culture and know how to fucking communicate with people on many different levels because they code switch and there's just this untapped fucking magic in all of them and i, I mean, just but, want more at the hospital because it's boring i said it yeah. okay white people are boring and i'd like to spice it up with some fucking sauce but even even more people of color like because I, I feel like when we talk about people of color yes i'm specifically talking about black people because i am a black well person, it is different in san antonio think, too because we have a true. heavy hispanic population but, and see the hispanics here to be honest with you i don't really feel the, the hispanics here are the majority they are not the correct. minority that is correct but even with that even at certain companies majority of the staff is hispanic but the leadership, leadership is, is still white. white so that's how you know how whitewashed you are even in a yeah. hispanic city i tell people all the time when i moved to austin i one of my first thoughts was why is this shit so white yeah why are there so many white people because i don't want to live in san antonio because when you grow up in a city that's 70 80 percent hispanic yeah. that's all you fucking see and that's what you're comfortable around yeah but still whenever you go somewhere the person in charge is white exactly it, i mean i don't want to say that but but you said it. But I was getting ready to say it. Even at our place of business, the head honcho is Caucasian. White men. Most of the other people who are on his White level people. are Caucasian. Yep. And then the 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 lay leaders are the Hispanics and the whites. There's like <laughs> one black director that I'm aware of right now. Juan. Juan. <laughs> Juan. it's insane dude it's and like you can't tell me that black people aren't qualified for those Girl, jobs listen i just gave you my whole resume okay none of my supervisors have a leadership degree none of my supervisors have a business degree and you mean to tell me and i've been putting my mba to use let's be clear okay and you're gonna tell me that i'm not qualified 
racism is alive and well the devil is alive protect black women oh my god it's insane black men it's insane and even too like you know what i i was um having this conversation with one of my other um friends about even there are people in our in our personal job that we work in now who some people may feel are very uppity and very um like oh they're just they're just so sadity like oh they think they they think they know everything they think they're all that and it's like when you understand people's history and especially with Hispanic culture what some of these people have to deal with I remember one of our coworkers was telling me that they literally used to pick fruits in the fields go to school come home and was a field worker and now has a doctorate degree you better walk around here very heavy like you own the fucking place versus some other people our white counterparts you were given these these jobs i'm not saying that you didn't work your butt off getting your degree you did but you are mediocre at best and you were given a position of leadership because it was your turn but these other people who have worked their asses off because they're worker bees you look at them as well that's what they're supposed to be like you know the slaves they they like being slaves i mean don't if you like working like for us? It, why would they keep doing why it? would they keep doing it i mean we kill them and we snatch out their teeth and feed their babies know, to alligators but you know i mean they like it here horrific mental and physical abuse but yeah so just advocate for your patients uh it's not <laughs> all always, that to say go to in say. that room put on a fucking smile listen to what yes. they have to say but leave truly your though you can door. change a life and sometimes people just want to bitch at you and you're gonna have to let them because they need to vent and that's what you're getting paid for yeah. so just let them do it but you have to understand too not only just racially but also the era of time that you deal with your patients because cultural cultural diversity and inclusion is not just about adding more black people to the pot adding more hispanic people to the pot it's also understanding the era in which these people of different ethnicities come from when you're talking to black people who come from the baby boomer era again autonomy was not celebrated you did what the doctors told you what the hell to do and that's it so understand yep. that if they tell you no for a reason they're not coming at you and telling you personally no that's an open door for you to say well what are you having reservations about heavy just asking that question across the board will help you understand people culturally so much more even i remember i worked in labor and delivery um when i was in tallahassee and when i was going to famu i worked in uh postpartum and i know that in postpartum areas people asian people they do not keep their ac low you walk in there and it's a fucking sauna <laughs> and instead of complaining oh my god it's so hot in here why don't you ask the people, hey, can I, can I ask you a question? I noticed that when I have a lot of Asian patients, they always keep the room very warm. Is that a cultural thing and why? Well, no, they, th I hate you. <laughs> no, they, it's a- I have people who won't use the phone because they think they're going to get charged. Well, they don't want to see PT and OT because they think we're going to be an extra bill. But okay. we're like, no, nah, bitch, we part of the eggs. I said, whether <laughs> you move or not, potatoes. I'm getting paid, so. We're a part of the eggs and the potatoes too. But um, no, they actually keep it um, warmer because they believe that you were supposed to sweat out the impurities after you have a baby. So they keep it nice and warm. And then too, they don't drink cold drinks after you give birth. They always have tea. So they're always drinking tea and eating hot stuff. Good to know, good to know. Yeah, and they'll wrap them all up and be sweating these yeah. fucking pants Sometimes off. Sometimes you ridiculous. just have no one else ask the questions. And a lot of times I get in trouble for asking the question because I get stuck in the room for 45 minutes. Yeah. Just ask the fucking question. Just ask the question. See like, where they're coming from. And that's like Hispanics and diabetes. We live in one of the fattest cities in the country mississippi is definitely fatter they are that's why i'll never leave the charge. They, they should never leave the charge on anything but um 
<laughs> you know, you have all these Hispanic people who wait until the last minute to come to the hospital because yeah. they are scared of hospitals. We have all these undocumented people who think mm-hmm. if they come to the hospital, ICE is going to be there and take them That's right the fuck back to where they came from. That's very true. So it's a very scary thing. So then a lot of people in the hospital don't want to talk to anybody. They don't yeah. want to tell them what's really going on. They don't want to take, they think they get charged for every single thing. Yeah. It's a very um, vulnerable situation mm-hmm. to be in, a very scary situation to be in. That's why they never go to the hospital. And then by the time they get there, because they don't, you know, they avoid healthcare at all costs. It's they're, horrible. They're doing really bad. Yeah. And this is why they bring their a lot of family members too. Like even we were talking about how Hispanics, well, I think all people of color, honestly, when they come to the hospital, they come in droves. They mob up. They mob up because it's like, they want to make sure that their person is protected and just them by themselves with their little medical knowledge is like, okay, if 15 of us are here, all 15 of us can maybe come up yeah. with something that we heard or went through They're or whatever. Like, oh, let's call our fucking nephew who's in college and wants to be a doctor. Oh, exactly. let's call this person who works, you know, exactly. You can't get annoyed as annoying as it can be sometimes yeah. having eight people in the room and they're all asking questions and you don't really know mm-hmm. cause you're trying to get in and get out. But even if somebody, I've even had situations where even if a patient is on the phone, they're like, wait, I can't, okay, you're, you're here to do what? And I'm like, physical therapy. And they're like, okay, let me call my daughter real quick. She's a PA or she's whatever. The fact that you feel the need to call someone already lets me know that, th- that this person distrusts the system, not me. I mean, even, even if you want to have, you want to have your person on, on speakerphone, I will take the phone and I'm like, Hey, yeah. you know, let me just like, this is the information I'm going to get from them. You can stay on speakerphone. I'm perfectly fine with that. You can FaceTime. I don't care. Cause I don't have anything to hide. Right. and then even too if i'm in the middle of doing something like hey i'm gonna just put the phone down and i'm gonna call you and give you a brief synopsis of what happened and what my evaluation was what my recommendation was and i think you you move mountains so much more with that versus being offended that somebody doesn't trust you it's not about you mm-hmm. it's like, about the system that they're in when you come correct at a patient they know they my do. patient the other day was like he was complaining about another therapist in mm-hmm. another situation and when i walked in he starts just fucking unloading on me yeah we'll call it venting it was rough but <laughs> he was like and i know i'll work with you you have a different vibe altogether, and i like it and i was like thank you sir i do have a good vibe it's because they give you compliments that's the only reason all why you have you to like do it. is compliment me in the hospital and i'm good but Shameful. i was like sir you can bitch me all you want because i'm getting paid right now on this clock to sit here and talk to you pretty much so I, how mad can i be Pretty and much. i'm not in the hospital guess what i can leave this room exactly as bad as this is you're pissed off because you can't go home i can and yeah t minus whatever hours exactly I just I forget that because I think I get wrapped up a lot and I'm asking for grace and I'm trying to have grace with everyone. Yeah, this job is exhausting. But yeah, the thing you always have to remember is like you can leave. You can leave and they can't even they can't. And two, not only can you leave, but you we all as healthcare clinicians walk in a position of privilege with regard to our knowledge. We understand how this process works. Everyone advocate for health. Literacy. Yes, we understand how admissions work. We understand how multidisciplinary approach works. We understand all of that stuff. So in our brains, when patients have questions, we're just like, oh my God, it's it's going to be painful. You just had surgery. Yeah. Fuck it the fuck up. You can't be like that or all the time. Or everyone, I get upset, not upset, but I get frustrated because I am queen of, let me just Google it. What did you just yeah. say? I'm going to Google it. Never heard of that procedure? I'm just Google it. Yeah. These are my symptoms. I'm going to Google it. People don't fucking do that. No, they don't people don't know about smartphones and iPhones and Google and how to interpret that information yeah. and whatever. They don't even know how to turn the TV on. Yeah. You walk up a patient room and they just looking at the black TV and you're like, so we are very hey. spoiled that way. Yeah. Like the, the information that we have at our fingertips. Absolutely. But that, that's why I say too, like we, we as healthcare clinicians, we walk in a sense of privilege because we know more than what these people laying in these beds do. And because we know more, we have to do more. There is a responsibility. If you knew that, better, you do better. Exactly. And 
And the thing is, you can't keep going around this ignorant kind of mentality of, I didn't know. I didn't know. Did you ask anybody? Did you fucking Google it? You can Google everything else, but you don't Google I'm team how to not be a racist piece of shit in the workplace. Team bedside manner, team inclusivity. Thank you. And again, inclusivity and diversity is not having one representative of a group. It's seeing a problem and making space for that problem and the problem solution. Policies and procedures. Put it in, implement it. PMPs, not for what you think. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. So yes, just be very conscious. Just like wanted to get leave that on a lighthearted note. Uh, You're so silly. You're so silly. So yeah, uh, make sure that you leave your bias at the door. Don't assume shit. I don't care if you had... 30,000 experiences with one group of people you're gonna you're gonna run into one person who's gonna be completely the opposite of of what your experience was with them so just stop being fucking racist just be a nice person yes have some morals and values ELE everybody love everybody what EL you never heard that ELE E uh huh L E oh everybody everybody love everybody that's not an approved abbreviation you made that shit up I'm not documenting. Okay, thanks. Like, <laughs> just, just have to be approved. Saying, the kids on TikTok don't say that, do they? No, it's from uh, Dodgeball, the movie. Oh my gosh! God damn you, Bernice! You always pulling out quotes that I don't know that of movies that I've I never seen. I was raised before. by television, so I, I was too, and just not by cable. I didn't have cable either. Not for a while. Well, there were more channels we were when you were born. There probably were. Yeah, we just I had, had color like, TV. We had PBS. Oh. I had color TV as well, except oh, for uh, Andy Griffin. And, In the fifties, um, they had color. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. You got to imagine it. Anyway, right, everyone, go out there, spread some love and light. Yes, definitely. Don't be racist. Okay. <laughs> and if I can leave you with one thing, don't be a racist. Don't be racist. Lordy, lordy. All right, y'all have a good rest of your week. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of The Face Off with Fleming and Fowler. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at The Face Off Pod. Be sure to tune in to The Face Off every Tuesday where new episodes are released.